0: Again, continuing on in the gospel of Matthew as we've been for the last uh, little bit of time here, Uh, Matthew chapter 13, let me read beginning with verse 24. Jesus put another parable before them saying, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field, but while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared also. And the servants of the master of the house came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have weeds? And he said to them, An enemy has done this. So the servants said to them, Then do you want us to go and gather them? But he said, No, lest in gathering the weeds you root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time, I will tell the reapers, gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Be seated. Good morning. morning good to see y'all.
1: It's very, very good to see y'all. Uh, I, again, just from from Kaylee, from both Kaylee and myself, we want to say thank you, thank you so much, uh, church family, for the for the way that you've embraced embraced both Kaylee and I. Uh, we have been so truly blessed just to to be able to spend the time that we have with you to learn to learn new rhythms of what it looks like to do ministry together as a married couple, uh, and to to, to learn uh, from. Uh, the, the amazing staff here, uh, it's, been a, it's been really a, a, a privilege. Um, and As well as to, to meet with with many of you and, and just to be poured in, uh, I'm, I'm most grateful for the time that we were able to sp- spend together and uh, I look forward to the, um, yeah, seeing the way that God continues to move, move and work uh, here through you, uh, his people. Um, for the last six months, uh, half the time that I've been here, we've been in the book of Matthew, uh, making our way through step-by-step story by story. I think Matthew would be really proud of us by now. Um, We're 13 out of 16, not not 16, that would be a lot closer. 13 out of 26, 28 chapters. Come on, you went to seminary, Stephen. Um, You're better than that. Uh, Nearly halfway there. Okay, uh, we've we've seen two things uh, be abundantly clear. Matthew is is writing this gospel in order to make it clear about the identity of who Jesus is. Jesus is the King. He is uh, the true King over everything, over all things. Uh, we see these these wonderful miracles uh, done by him. He's he's healing the lame. He's 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 uh, healing the lame. He's making the blind see. Um, it's abundantly clear that he is above everything. That he's powerful in control. He's king of all. He's a king for all people. And Jesus, and Jesus has also come proclaiming this kingdom, the kingdom of God. He, he shows up, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand, and, and he's come to bring this kingdom. He's establishing uh, this this reality that, that he has designed and hoped for, uh, actually, for all time. You see, he, he, he Jesus, that is, uh, is coming to set things right uh, in this world, to bring his kingdom, because because. Ultimately, he had this in mind when when he, all of creation was was made. God had uh, his kingdom in mind, uh, and and Jesus now in this in this chapter, he's going to begin to explain to us what the kingdom of God is like. And if you remember, he's he's come and he's he's spoken really plainly, like really to the point, uh, matter of factly, uh, like in his most famous sermon, for for example, just he tells it to us straight. Um, but the day that we find ourselves in, as most great days do, has begun uh, uh, on a different note. Uh, Jesus was accused of being Satan, basically. Um, I don't know about you guys, but those are the, those are the real winners. Uh, uh, Jesus uh, has been making himself known, and the Pharisees have made a decision as to who they think he is. They, they, they think uh, he's a blasphemous man who deserves to die, and they've begun to plot his death, and they show up to confront Jesus and saying, we've rejected you, and what you are doing here is really bound up in Satan. And so Jesus, being confronted with this, he changes his tactic. He changes his approach. You see, he's, he's, he's all known. He's, he's brilliant. And, he's, and he, he makes this shrewd shift. And he begins to teach through story, through parables. And so these, these parables are designed to be um, maybe to the hard-hearted, those who have dismissed Jesus. This sounds just like crazy, stupid. Stories, I mean, write them off. He's a crazy man, he says crazy things, move on. But to those who are curious, to those who are still pressing in, he's going to teach in such a way that we can understand it. That if we apply ourselves and really understand his, his, his story, he's revealing to us, he's explaining to us what we can expect now that we're in his kingdom, now that he's bringing his kingdom. And he's, he's gonna teach for us, uh, he's gonna teach us through these stories um, what, what, what it'll be like. Certainly it'll be good, Right? He's, he's the all-powerful, all-knowing, brilliant, wonderful king. It'll be good, right? But, but have you all stopped uh, and pulled up your phones recently? Have you checked the headline news? <laughs> I feel like every time I pull up on the CNN or Fox or whatever it is, there's a story after story of, of heartache and suffering and evil just surfacing and showing itself, abundantly clear. And it's, it's in moments... When, when nations clash and people are killed, it's in moments when people within our city itself, when people in this city attack and hurt each other. It's, it's in moments when, when we experience difficulty, heartache, and pain that I don't know if you've, you found the words to say it, but, but you, 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 you say, if you're honest, if you're really honest, like he, Jesus, if, if your kingdom is so good, why is it so disappointing? Like why is it the way that it is? Because he comes proclaiming this good news and you, and you hear these things and certainly he's, he's coming and he is all powerful, right? But why, why do we experience what we do? And so Matthew has that question in mind. Jesus, I think, has that question in mind. And he begins to teach in parable. So turn with me now, now to Matthew 13. 20. We're gonna begin with verse 24 where Nathan just read. It says, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared also. And the servants of the master of the house came to him and said, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have weeds? He said to them, an enemy has done this. See, Jesus uses this parable to to make it clear that his kingdom, the kingdom is opposed. There, There indeed is an enemy who wants nothing but more than to kill, steal, and destroy, and he, he, he shares this, right? And what kind of enemy takes, like, weeds and, like, casts them in another man's field, right? How many of you guys, like, the last time you got really angry with your neighbor, because I'm sure that never happens, but the last time uh, you got angry with your neighbor, you're like, you know what? I'm going to Home Depot and buying my weeds, you know? I'm going to get them. You know, well, you can't get it at Home Depot, right? But maybe if you have crabgrass in your, in your, you know, you're gonna like excavate it, right? And then like go put it in there and like make that work, right, because crabgrass is the worst, right? I'm not, uh, I, I actually recently became a homeowner. Uh, it's in the whirlwind of all that it is. Uh, and I'm, I just, I haven't seen my field, my, my grass yet on my yard. Uh, I'm like, I made it to the American dream, right? Made debt, uh, congratulations, I have, I have house debt. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but if I'm lucky, I think I have crabgrass um, because that, I think, is like the real experience as a, as a lawn owner, right? It's like the day when I go out with my shovel and I'm like picking up and like moving everything, right? It's because the moment you see crabgrass, right? And for those of you that haven't, you know, bless you, you know, you're lucky, but just listen to this warning, all right? The, for those of you that have experienced it, it's not this like little thing that you go out and you spray your on. No, like you have to go in and cut it out and pull it out because it's just, it's just not going away, Right? And for those, maybe you haven't experienced crabgrass, and so I'm sorry, I'm making this huge enemy, right? But maybe dandelions, you know, those those pesky little dandelions. The moment they 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 they, they bud, right? They have that that beautiful uh, that head, and the you know, kids go and grab it and they blow it. But what are they doing? They're blowing, blowing it away. The weeds all over my yard, right? <laughs> like, those kids, they'll get you. Uh, I was. <laughs> I saw, the other day I saw, I was walking to my car after church, and a guy had, uh, in one of the houses back here, he had, like, this whole, like, get up strapped to his back, and he was, like, pumping it, and he's, like, going around and spraying. It was, like, literally, he, like, all this whole, and I saw, like, three dandelions out there, but he's, he knows what I'm talking about. He knows what this Jesus is talking about. He's, like, he knows. Um, <laughs> no, but, but if, if that's how we treat dandelions, right, if that's how we treat crabgrass, what, what would the farmer do when weeds are thrown into his wheat field, that this is actually his livelihood, right? It's like throwing weeds into your, into your, <laughs> your bank account, and, and those weeds are going to grow and suck up everything, right? How much, how much more of, a, of ur- a sense of urgency would that happen? And see, and the, the people who heard Jesus' parable, they knew exactly what he was talking about. There's this weed, it's called a Darnell weed, um, and, and there's actually Roman law to say that you're forbidding people from doing this. So this is actually like people did this. Like This, this Darnell weed, you, you would throw it and you, you, you scatter it, and as, as the plants would grow, it would look basically identical to, to wheat. And it wasn't until it had grown enough that you could begin to make a distinction between, oh, that's, that's Darnell and that's, that's wheat, but it was only after the, the root system had entangled itself with the wheat. And so by the time you saw it, by the time you saw what the situation is, you're in trouble, right? And so just as we would ask our master, you know, what am I gonna do with this crabgrass? The, the servants turn to him and say, what are we gonna do? And Jesus's response is amazing. He says, he says to them to wait. He, he, he recognizes that what the enemy has done and, and he says to wait. Because he, he doesn't want to harm the wheat that is in there. He's going to let it grow. It's, and so there's times, Jesus says, that you're living, in, you're living in his kingdom and you experience the enemy. He comes and he, he scatters weeds in your home. And, and that grows and you face opposition. And, and I don't know what, it, what it's been in your life or what it is in your life, um, but there's all sorts of moments that, that come unexpectedly, they come out of seemingly out of nowhere. And the moment you, you, you face it, the moment you experience the suffering, the trials, the difficulties, because I, yeah, I thought I would have one or two difficult things in my life, but, I, but like four, five, six, seven, 20, 50, 100, or that, that one diagnosis, that, that one prognosis, whatever, whatever it is, that all of a sudden, you're, you find yourself in a, in a moment wondering if kingdom if kingdom's so good, why is it so disappointing? Jesus, are you still on your throne? What's going on? So Jesus continues to to share the parable. And he goes on and says this. The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that, that a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it is grown, it is larger than all garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. It's this this little bitty seed that when you plant it, it grows into this huge, huge tree. It's like, I think, eight feet tall. It's actually a bush, technically speaking, for those of you that really like those things. It's technically a bush, but listen. He's saying that the kingdom is, is, is so small at the beginning, but in time it'll grow. See, from the, from the beginning, Jesus tells his disciples that the kingdom is small, uh, and it takes time. Kids, um, if you're looking for something fun to do uh, with your summer days, uh, as I'm sure you are, um, go home and take a seed and plant it, um, and then, do, do, check this out this afternoon, plant it, water it, and just sit and watch it. Uh, it's going to be a blast. Uh, I promise. It's going to be awesome, right? <laughs> How many of you have ever uh, done that, right? Surely none of you have, right? Because we, we see plants grow through time lapse, right? And in a matter of 36 seconds, we see like an entire oak tree come to, come to life. We're like, that's amazing. We love that, right? But, but surely this, this isn't the, the kingdom that Jesus is gonna bring, right? I mean, if he has all power and authority, w- wouldn't he bring a fully grown oak tree, a fully grown mustard tree? What, what are you saying? That you're gonna, you're gonna plant it? and it's going to be slow, and it's going to take time. I wonder how exciting uh, the disciples felt in that moment, right? Like, what kind of sales pitch is that? Like, we're going to go out and plant a seed. <laughs> I'm waiting for Apple. Eventually, they're going to come out with that kind of slogan, like, right? There's <laughs> no way that would, that would land in any of our marketing departments. And still, Jesus explains that the kingdom is like a mustard seed. It's slow. It's going to take time. And that can be, be really frustrating and challenging, can't it? It takes time. I mean, parents, uh, you, you, see, you see your kids, we're, we're pregnant, we're going to have a baby here in a couple months. Pretty fun. Uh, <laughs> but I know enough parents to know that it's, it's, it can be quite challenging to see your children grow. Uh, wondering are they going to make great decisions or not and the whole time you're wondering i think we're in a struggle with a sense of like wanting to control things right wanting to make things right wanting to protect wanting to make make everything just the way that it needs to be and releasing that is quite difficult and even in my own life as I, as i've experienced um, th- this great desire this great yearning to be made <laughs> perfect to be made whole to be to, to no longer experience the challenges that we face as broken people I desire for that change to come, but still Jesus tells us that life is gonna be a lot slower. And in the middle of those seasons, it can be quite difficult to, to, to have hope and to, to maintain perspective. I don't know if you find yourself in the middle of it. I doubt, I doubt this, this is much encouragement, but friends, uh, it's in those seasons I've, I've experienced the Lord bring great transformation, great change in my life, but it's only after going through it that I'm able to look back and see what real change happened, real growth happened. So Jesus has the foresight to tell us that a kingdom experience, what will it be like? It's like a mustard seed that grows. It's slow and it takes time. But still it can be disappointing. So he gives us another parable. We, 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 we read in verse 47. It says, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and gathered fish of every kind. When it was full, men drew, drew it ashore and sat down and sorted the good into containers but threw away the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw, throw them away into the fiery, the fiery furnace. In, the place, uh, in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And so, so Jesus tells us that the kingdom isn't for everyone. You talk about a sales pitch. How, how many of us really struggle with this, this, this reality that Jesus is talking about? He says that, that there's people, in this moment Jesus is talking, there's people that are, have rejected me and they're plotting my death. And for those, those people who have turned away, those people that want nothing to do with me, this kingdom isn't for them. And, 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 and we really struggle with the this, this sense that there would be this kind of judgment, right? Because I think I'm so far removed from the sense of real judgment in, in like Olathe, Kansas, where everything is pretty and everything is nice and everything is perfect. All right? Just drive down the streets, drive down, drive down the roads, everything looks so beautiful. But I, I haven't experienced the kind of heartache, the kind of suffering where I, I have this moment where the, someone needs to pay for that. For what has happened to me, someone needs to pay. Is I think I'm so far removed from the real need, the real need for judgment. And, and, and I think for, for me, it, it's, it's difficult to swallow this reality. But I, don't, I think some 20 years ago in Rwanda, everything wasn't neat and pretty and just fine. As we heard last week, 20 years ago, evil was on full display. And I think those that have experienced evil in its fullness know that there's a real need for everything to be set right, for justice to be served. They know this. And I don't think anyone in Rwanda would really struggle with this, but still here in Olathe, I, I struggle with it. And I think I also, I also forget <laughs> um, I forget what Jesus has done for me. I think I, I, I hear the good news that you're, that Stephen, you have been forgiven. Stephen, you are loved, Stephen, you are embraced. And I forget um, the weightiness and the outright rebellion that my acts are when I sin and turn away from the king who created me, the one who made everything. I forget, I forget that there's actually um, a decision being made when I, and when I sin, and I, and I choose to do those things, that it is due judgment. And, and a righteous, good king will hold all those people, will hold everyone, will hold everyone to, to what they've done. So Jesus, if you, can, if you can hang in there with me, he gives us one, uh, one last parable. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man, man found, found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. <clears throat> so has anyone been following this uh, treasure hunt that's happening in Poland right now? Do y'all know what I'm talking about? This like modern day Indiana Jones like, like for real, it's happening. It's not just like the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like there's actually like treasure hunters in Poland. Evidently, uh, as Nazi Germany was falling some 70 years ago, they loaded up this train with like rumor has it it's like 300 tons of gold and jewels. Uh, they threw it all on this this train and they like ran it down a mine shaft and then like likely like just blew up the entrance and hit it. Uh, and then evidently these uh, treasure hunters have found like, this treasure, 300 tons of gold, which if you do your math right, which I don't know if I did, but I think I did, uh, that's roughly $10 billion worth of treasure. And so, as any like, good treasure hunter, they're trying to like, negotiate this, the finder's fee. And so they're just asking for 10%, you know? Um, <laughs> that's reasonable. <laughs> just a billion. Uh, I mean, they found it, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> So is Jesus using this, uh, this parable to say that it's finders, keepers, losers, weepers? Is that what he's talking about here? Is he saying, like, if you're, you know, in, uh, walking down a field and you find this treasure, you, you, you find it, it's yours. <laughs> Good on you, right? No, like, actually, there were, there were laws and rules around this, this very instance. You see, uh, back 2,000 years ago, they didn't have, like, banking systems. They didn't have, like, paperless money or, like, the idea of money or whatever our money systems based on, um, they, they, they didn't have banks. So what, what did you do? You would go to the store or wherever, market, uh, you would buy a, a jar and you'd place all your valuables in it. You'd go out on the land and you'd try to find a safe, secure spot and you'd dig a hole, you'd throw your treasure in it, you'd cover it up. And so Jesus is saying, if, you, if you're in a field and you come across a treasure, you when you open it up and you see, look, look what I found, right? Again, he's not saying finders keepers, losers weepers. He says, go to that man who owns that field and buy his field. You see, sometimes people would bury treasures and then they'd die. And the, the treasure would, would not be known. And so the way that the law was set up was that if you came across something like that, you'd go to the, the landowner, right? And so you'd buy, you say, hey, I wanna buy this land from you. And as any good landowner would do, right? You say like sold, but first, let me go get my treasure. Right, because who's going to sell land that has still a treasure on it? Uh, and then he would sell it to him. And then if that person uh, didn't remove the treasure, right, that was yours. So you could go out, you could dig it up. It was yours. That was your. That was your treasure. And it was like the whole. That's that's exactly how the ethics of it all worked out. Jesus isn't saying, "I just go steal from everybody." Um, <laughs> no, he's 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 describing this kingdom reality. He's saying that if you if you knew that there was a treasure in a field, would and it was worth anything and everything that you could possibly sell, right? If you could go buy the, 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 uh, the mine shaft with 300 tons of gold in it, would you not sell everything you possibly can to buy that? He, but, but still, like this, the example I'm giving you is, doesn't make any sense because his, it doesn't make full sense because his kingdom is of far greater value than anything we could monetize it with. You see, you see, Jesus is bringing a kingdom, he's bringing a reality in which the greatest thing that could possibly be offered to each and every one of us has been given. That that the reality is, is that each and every one of us, our first story is that we were those due judgment. Our first story is that we were those who sinned against a perfect and holy God. And we were once enemies of this great king. And so Jesus is saying his kingdom is worth it. He's saying his kingdom is worth it. It's worth anything and everything you could experience, anything you could go through. So if you're in difficult, trying, hard times right now, friends, his kingdom is worth it. It's worth it. No matter what, it's worth it. It can be so hard, so difficult to go through pain and suffering. It can be so hard to sit and wait and ask Lord, when will you finally make things right in me, in this world? But friends, that's what he's promised us. And he had enough foresight at the beginning to tell us, this is what the kingdom is gonna be like and this is what you can expect. So here we are 2,000 years later and the tree has certainly begun to grow. The kingdom of God The mustard tree is growing. We're seeing what he's doing in our city, in our nation, and across the world, across the globe. He's done it throughout the decades, right? And it's this gospel message that goes out. Friends, it's that that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This is the good news. You see, Jesus did the one thing that none of us could do. he, He went to the cross, and while the enemy thought he was winning the day. We see a crucified king be hung up and take the penalty and payment for all sin. And it's through the cross that Jesus reconciles all who would turn and all who would place their faith in him to a holy God. You see, justice had to be paid and Jesus paid that. And to all who would believe in him, he extends a free gift of mercy, grace, and forgiveness. See, it's through Jesus that we, are, we will find and experience the ultimate fulfillment and transformation and change. It's through Jesus that, that all will be made well. So let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning, Lord, for the ways in which um, you let us know what to expect. And Lord, we ask that you would help us uh, maintain that perspective and mindset as we live in this already but not yet kingdom. Lord, as we live in this reality uh, that in many ways is still broken and fallen, but Lord, we thank you for what you accomplished on the cross. Lord, we thank you that, that the good news of, that Jesus shares to each and every one of us is that we uh, can be reconciled, forgiven, and redeemed uh, through Jesus. So to him now, uh, we Sing praise, Lord, work in our hearts and in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.